You're living your dream. You just started your fresh new business. How do you avoid those five entrepreneurial mistakes that seems like everyone falls into? It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. That five was aggressive. And so this is what I love is you guys are going to get the five entrepreneurial mistakes, and it is the five biggies because uh, Brian's pretty excited about it. You got out yeah, there on it. You got it. a big hand. You got, a, you got out there on it. So I, I want to kind of jump into these. Moneyguy.com, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you come to moneyguy.com. Give us your email address so we can keep you updated. Let's jump into these five entrepreneurial mistakes. I do. I do want us to jump into that, but I have a question. Uh-oh. Why are you qualified, specifically oh. <laughs> Brian Preston, why are you qualified to share five entrepreneurial stakes for someone to avoid? This is I was I've been so excited about this show because I've done several businesses and I, not every one of them is successful either. Sure. I will be, I mean, advisor skills. Come on now, <laughs> that, that was eight years ago and it's still too soon. But um, no, we I've had several businesses and as well as I've helped clients, guys. If I was smart, I would have taken a percentage off some of the businesses I helped when they had no fixed assets, nothing. Um, just like Marcus, you know, Marcus you know from the, the profit, I should have been taking a percentage right. of some of these clients and it would have really hooked me up. So I've, I've had a background, you know, not only was I come from a public accounting background, but I helped a lot of these businesses try to look at their, have field vision for sure. what they need to be doing with, with their thought process. And this is actually, this show today came out of, um, there was another CPA that um, I was given some thoughts on some mm-hmm. things, and and I, after I got off the phone, I was like, man, I've never, I don't know that I've done a show on entrepreneurial mistakes, and Lord knows I have fallen into most of these traps. How can I share that so that other people can learn from what I know from seeing clients do, as well as even my own shortcomings? I love it. Now we can jump into the five. So here's number one. Here's the mistake. You're not sure what to sell. So you sell everything. <laughs> Here's one. I'm going to go ahead and self-confess. I've fallen into this. When I started my business, I had I thought it was so important that I wrote out like this menu of services. I mean, I it, it literally looks like if you it was all the different things I would do for you. I had a per, per charge for each different product. It's like all the different areas of financial planning. I would do this or this or this or this. And, and you, you didn't even have to choose. have an ongoing relationship. If you just wanted me to do this one thing for you, it was on my menu of services. And I, I think about this because I have found it from time to time when I'm digging through old documents, and I, I get tired when I see this menu yeah. of services. It's just it's not the ideal way to do what you're doing. So what is the ideal thing so you don't make this mistake? Here's the, the money guy solution. You need to figure out what you do that is that you're in the top 5%, meaning that you okay. do better than 95% of the world population does. When you figure out what that thing is, figure out how do you sell that, and it needs to be repeatable, and it definitely needs to be profitable. I love it. You've got to figure that stuff out, and I think that's the problem, and that's why I titled it the way I did. Most of us don't know what we're trying to sell, so we really do try to sell everything. Mm-hmm. My advice for most people when you start out, 
you really got to fine tune what your offering is sure. to the world and then make sure it's packaged and it's ready and it's repeatable. Because if you're doing a bunch of custom stuff, you'll find yourself going in 26 different directions and you'll never be able to perfect that, that thing that will make you who you, you, the road that you're trying to be. That's right. Number two. This is an important one for you, for people starting out. You're not charging enough. Oh, man, I, it, I see this all the time, and I almost feel like it's because, I, I don't know if there's a name for this, but I'm going to make up a name for it. I call this entrepreneurial guilt. You think it's guilt or just being naive? Maybe it's both. Because here's what happens. I think people, when you start a company, I'll, I'll give you, and once again, I'll bring this back on myself. This is going to be almost like a confession. I probably should say I have a client who's made this mistake, but I'll just tell you guys the mistakes I've made. When I started my first company in 2002, I did it out of the house. Okay. So I didn't have rent. Right. I didn't have a, a, an administrator. I didn't have any associates. Pretty lean. I was working off of Microsoft Office and Yahoo Finance, so there was no expensive software package that was you know, costing you know, six figures right. to have and so forth. Was, so I, my overhead was me. So when you have your only overhead is you, you would think when you're starting out, you're hungry for business too. You want you all want to be this as business. As possible. So you're like, you know what? Since I don't have any overhead, I just need to get paid myself. I'm going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's going to be my cost advantage. I'm gonna, my market advantage is I'm going to be cheaper than all my competition. That's a that's a mistake, guys. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, do not be too cheap right. when you're starting out because you at some point will aspire to have office space. Mm-hmm. You'll aspire to have support staff. You'll aspire to want to have, and to do a good job for your, your clients, you need, you to have need the space. technology and all those investments that go into it. So your price from the get-go needs to reflect what it caught, the, the vision to build the That's business right. that you're trying to get to. Because the other thing is, and here's the here's truth, it's hard to tell people you're raising their prices. Yep. So if you undercut it at the beginning of the relationship, how do you get this thing ever back on track so that it actually does become a profitable relationship for you in the future? Uh, you know, we always talk about begin with the end in mind. Yep. That's from the Co- Co- Stephen Covey, Covey. You know, yep. Stephen Covey's with the seven so, habits of highly effective people. So begin with the end in mind. It's the same thing mm-hmm. with structuring your business. Um, and then the app, here's the other thing. I brought this up in, in number one. Your value proposition, your aptitude is you've got to figure out what you do better than the other 95% of the world. So you're in the top 5%. If you are truly in the top 5% in what you do, shouldn't there be a premium on that? For sure, because, you know, realistically, all of us, and now it may not be the case when you first start out, but you're hoping it gets to the place where your scarcest resource is going to be your time. It's just going to be your ability to be able to either make the doodads you're making or sell the doodads you're making or provide the service that you're providing, you don't have time to be able to do that effectively. So you don't want to be priced so competitively, so right. low that you never actually get to the level where you think you really should don't be. Don't underestimate yourself. So, so take that. Now, I always get nervous when I give this advice to somebody because I love it when I get a young person that doesn't know what they're worth, so I'm worried we'll probably end up having to pay more because well, I, I gave this advice. M- maybe this is the caveat to that. Don't have an inflated view of what you're worth either. Yeah, you know, then maybe, you won't get business. Exactly, it's gonna be hard to get business. So you need to. There's there's a middle ground there. You need to strike for sure. Number three, you're busy doing absolutely nothing. This one, this I feel like this one is a this one is a a drive killer early on. 
I will tell you guys, I am your. We have this great thing called the Money Guy Show, which God bless you guys for coming on and becoming clients, and it's it's just truly incredible. We have clients all over the country, but before all of this happened in 2006, when I started, remember I started my company right. in 2002. I'm horrible at getting business, and it's not fun to go get business because. Sure. First of all, to go out there and put yourself and ask people to sign up, it's 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 humbling. Mm-hmm. It's also sales is hard. I mean, all you're trying to do is convince them to trust you with their entire life savings. And, and that's and, it. And here's the, the truth of the matter. When I was in my late 20s, when I started this company, I probably looked like I was all of 23 years old. I mean, I've always, I mean, look, this. I'm now to the age... Where I'm looking older. No, your birthday was yesterday, so you've made it to almost 35 now, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I wish. I'm on my sixth annual 39th <laughs> birthday, so we're celebrating this thing many years in a row. But it is one of those things where I think I was so scared to go out there and try to grow the business and do the activities that were going to help my company be successful that what I would do is get busy doing absolutely nothing. And what I mean by that, let me give you some examples I like Excel. I like spreadsheets. Sure. So I would keep, I'm not saying skip the step of creating a business plan, but I'm saying once you have the business plan, there's no reason to come back and make sure that you're putting underline or bold yeah. facing or changing Change the, the framing <laughs> and the font color and the, even the font size. I mean, you can waste a lot of time doing absolutely nothing that will help your company be successful. Right. So don't get busy doing nothing. There's a lot of people that I think, they, they need to be prioritizing the three things they could be doing this week or this month that's going to move the business to where they want to be. Sure. And, but you'll Font find... Font probably not going to be that. Time will occupy, your calendar will fill mm-hmm. up with junk yep. if you're not careful. So make sure you are prioritizing what needs to get done and avoid getting busy doing absolutely right. nothing. Number four. Am I already smiling at this? I feel like I'm already smiling at this one. No one respects or values free. Now, I love free. I was going to say the same thing. I love free. I love getting things for free. Um, But I don't know. Like when I go to a conference, right, Mm -hmm. and there's a water bottle or some chapstick or a doodad or a chotsky, do I place as much value on that thing as if I would have went to the store and bought that doodad or that shot? You know, nope. I, I played golf this past week, and so I had a sleeve of balls, and I know where I got that sleeve of balls. I was just sort of superfluous of whether I lost that. No, I'm such a good golfer. I don't ever lose balls. <laughs> but when it's if you'd have paid, have, if you'd have paid six I'd bucks paid, for that sleeve at the I golf course, guarded that thing like the Grail. I'm guilty. Here's where I'm guilty of. You guys have outlawed me from picking up strays. The yeah, first a, a few problem. years, y'all should know. Like I said, this is once again another self-confessional thing with entrepreneurial mistakes. I picked up a lot of friends and family that I wasn't charging. Yep. And um, I picked up all these strays. The problem is, and here's what let me go ahead and save you the trouble of why you need to be careful of free. You're exactly right, Bo. People don't value free. They, they, they just don't put a lot of value. But then the second thing, there's also a side from this provider side that there's a big area you have to be concerned about. When something's free, and, and let's just say that things end up going well and you start getting legitimate client, fee-paying clients mm-hmm. or people buying your goods, there will come a time where your, your time which is that scarce resource. Mm-hmm. What do you think you're going to focus on? Do you think you're going to pay, focus on... The, the clients that you are paying you fees, are you going to take advantage and, and take advantage and help out 
those charity clients right. that you're just giving free advice to. Yeah. I can tell you human nature is, is you're going to go with, you're, you're going to put priority on the fee paying clients. Sure. It just happens. So charity cases rarely get the type of service, the good service that's going to serve your, your people well. So don't do it. You're setting yourself up for failure, not only because they're not going to value and appreciate your expertise, but also you're probably not going to do a good job right. for them. And then, uh, you know, people will look at free as being worth exactly what they paid for. Yep, that's right. That's so right. So, so I tell folks all the time, you know, obviously we work in the financial world. So all the time people ask me, hey, you know, can you share, share some financial advice? And I, will, I am more than happy to share anything and I'll tell you anything that we can have in the conversation. But I'm probably not, if you're not a client, I'm probably not breaking out a spreadsheet and doing a ton of analysis and like really breaking things down because that's kind of what we do and there's a lot of value and a lot that goes into that. So you have to understand where that fine line exists for whatever that thing is that you do. I, I do want to put one caveat out there because I think this is an important thing to put with number four is that your friends and family are going to be probably your first letter of ask when you started. Because I, I think about when I started my first company, I wrote a letter back in 2001 letting my friends and family know about this journey I was about to go on. And, you know, because that they, they are going to be important. So I, I bring up friends and family because I just told you, don't just be free, but also don't burn those relationships. Unfortunately, and I'll speak for the financial industry, there's a lot of people that are not counselors, they're more of salespeople. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest growth ways for financial companies to grow is they will go hire a bunch of associates yep. and they'll say, hey, write down a list of all your friends and family that might benefit. And, and so I tell people, be very careful and be protective of your friends and family and make sure you at least have time to become an expert right. in your field. That 10,000 hours of working through something so that you are in that top 5%. Mm -hmm. Earlier today on this episode, I talked about you want to be the best world-class in what you do. If you've never even bought your own stock, you've never done your own tax returns, so you don't even understand what these things are, are you really doing a good job going out there and selling and pitching those products before you're even an expert on those things? So point. pay attention to that 10,000-hour expert rule, and then also make sure that you don't take advantage of your friends. Because your family, you know, they kind of have to love you in most circumstances. But even with your family, you really only get one first impression, especially if it's something like in the professional world. So you want to make sure you don't burn that first impression. So I know a lot of people are going to hear this and be like, oh my gosh, Brian is Scrooge or Grinch because he charges friends and family. That doesn't mean, yes, we charge, but it doesn't mean you can't offer discounts. Of course. We'll, of course. we'll put it at that because I want to... We'll let people know we're, yeah. we're, we're not heartless on That's this, right. but I do want to make sure friends and family get the same great experience that all you guys That's expect it. out there too. Number five, this is an important one and probably the biggest one and the reason I put it last, failure to plan and failure to at least take into account what happens if this thing's an uh-oh and doesn't go well. So I, thought, I totally thought we were going to hear like a mom echo here. You mean like... Failing to plan is planning to fail. Did your mom say that to you? When or you, were you could go Boy Scouts, always be prepared. Oh, okay. There we go. I mean, because it, it yeah, is one of those things. Right. Planning, there's so many people, I think, they have the passion. They want to be, because it's kind of sexy to say that you're an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. Mogul. Yeah. You know, because uh, when you watch Bachelor, what are some of the crazy titles oh, people yeah. put when they're self-employed? Yeah. You know, and the new the new thing out there is hustling, side hustles, you side know, and all the things. Yeah. 
you know, you got to, you always got to be working. There's, there's entire YouTube channels helping you on how to get your hustle perfected and stuff like that. So it's kind of sexy to say that you work for yourself, mm -hmm. but I do worry. This is one of those things you definitely need to be measuring twice, cutting once, because a failure to plan sets you up to where you're just not going to have the opportunity. So I, I do want you, one of the exercises I want you to do when you're thinking about making the jump to go into an entrepreneurial activity is I do want you to create a plan and a plan that actually puts paper or, or creates a spreadsheet where you do have numbers. Remember how I talked about don't get busy doing nothing? That doesn't mean you're skipping the business plan. It just means that you're creating a functional business plan and a functional business plan that really has three scenarios. Okay. Here's the three scenarios I want you to do. I want you to do the fun one, which is hot dog. This thing is everything I thought it would be. Uh, my dreams are coming true. That's your best case scenario. Sure. Do that business plan. Put that growth in there so that you feel really good about this thing of what could be. Sure. And it's kind of like buying the lottery ticket. You get to daydream about how awesome your new entrepreneurial life is. That's fun. Right. Option two, or version two. What you think really happens. The likely case. This is the likely case of what your life is going to be like, the growth you're projecting. Mm -hmm. And do this. I would do at least a three to five year sure. business plan and do this on each of these cases, three to five years, because it, it typically takes three years for you to get traction mm -hmm. and you need to have money. That's part of that planning too. Have that money to get you. How are you going to get through that three years? And then case three, this is the big uh-oh. I want you to create a worst case scenario. Yeah. And that worst case doesn't mean that you're doing all right and still buying the nice cars and doing all these things. That means you're trying to figure out, do I need to pivot? And is this mm -hmm. thing a failure? And I cut my bait, cut losses right. and get the heck out of it. You got to figure out, you got to have all three of those scenarios built into your business plan on a three to five year period. So you can go and have a plan of action. So you can make sure you have enough cash to get you through those three years. Yep. Cause that's one of the things I will tell you the biggest advice of what has created success for me in the beginning is that I took that first 12 months of saving and living off of one salary so my wife and I had enough money so she didn't realize how daggum broke we actually were those first two to three years I was getting this thing off the ground. Well, no, he, he's serious. He's, he said that they didn't understand how daggum broke they were. It's not she that hard to she understand. She doesn't understand. That's all right, when, I, when I say, I think she freaked out when I said daggum. You know, that, that broke Siri when I say daggum. So it is one of those things, but in all seriousness, take the time. I know it's not the sexy part of entrepreneurship, but that planning will pay off multiple, right. multiple exponential growth is going to come from putting together those plans. And then let me go ahead and confess another thing. Since I've picked on myself, let me tell you some good stuff. You know, Bo, because I've showed it to you. I have, I have, I know where that spreadsheet is, or mm -hmm. at least I found the printout from my scenarios back when I started in 2002. Guys, it is awesome to go back and look at those business plans yeah. because here's what really happens if you are world class and in that top five percent. You're going to look back on some of those growth goals you had, and then you're going to see where you currently are mm -hmm. in the fast-forwarding in the future. Because we never know. I think the human capacity is, is that we all have a little pessimism already sure. built into us. I can tell you, but nobody ever knows. I, whenever I watch documentaries on people who have found a great deal of success, I'm talking about really big success, they never tell you, man, I just, I think Oprah is the only exception where she just says, I knew I was going to be something incredible. Right. I think she is quoted, but most people, I think they look back and they get that fond, man, it, it is kind of cool. All the little steps that went yep. into making me this, the, the, into this vision, the same thing can happen for you where 
where you can be is going to be so big and above and beyond even what you can. You don't even have the capacity to know how cool it is to be successful, but it doesn't happen unless you take those first baby steps of creating that business plan. And then don't, don't take that opportunity from yourself to look back 10 years in the future and go, man, that's pretty cool to look at that, that business plan and to see how far you've come, you've come since those days. So do these steps, avoid these mistakes, do the work, do the homework on the front end, measure twice, cut once so that you have that life that you truly want. And you have that entrepreneur success so that people will actually recognize you as being an entrepreneur instead of being that person. I can still remember one of the funniest quotes is one of my buddies was dating a girl and um, he, he let her, it was the year I'd gotten the, you know, started, went out on my own and he introduced me as he said, Brian's just started his business. And she says, Oh yeah, I got a friend that's unemployed too. So you're trying to figure out how you can be viewed as an entrepreneur and not just that unemployed person that's claiming that that's they're awesome. working for themselves. So so do these steps, you will be successful. And thank you. We love sharing this type of advice. This is the type of stuff that you're probably going, man, if these guys can help businesses grow from you know, you know nothing to multiple, multiple million dollar businesses and they're doing that for their clients. What's the catch with all this free advice? There is no catch other than we believe in the abundance cycle. We want you to come, grow, be successful. But when you get to the point of sophistication or complexity or even success that you'd like to have somebody look over your shoulder, you'll pay us back by considering taking the relationship to the next level. Reach out moneyguy.com, aboundwealth.com. We have contact us pages We'd love to take the relationship to the next level. I'm your host, Brian Preston, Mr. Bo Hansen. We'll talk to you soon. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Mm-hmm.